Hopefully that wasn't important, Nick, but here they are. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to get set up, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Cool. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this house. Thank you that this is a place full of men and women who are running after all you have for their lives. So God, I just pray you bless the reading of your word this morning, that we would have eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and teachable hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. So last week, this is going to kind of be a continuation of what we talked about last week. We're going to be continuing the conversation of lordship, except this morning's focus is going to be on some key elements that help us in living out the daily version of that. So go ahead. We got um, a long verse, or as I like to call, a big wave. We got Romans 12. We're going to read all of it. So go ahead and get your bearing. So go ahead and turn to Romans 12 as I get situated too. And we're going to read the whole passage. Deal? Deal. Awesome. Too many things up here. Huzzah! Thanks, son. Okay. (laughs) Right, you caught it. I was like, don't fly over the pew and hit somebody. Okay. Romans 12. Here we go. We're going to read the whole thing. Starting in the beginning of Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Say, I've got a measure of faith. Come on, like there's something under the hood. I've got a measure of faith. There we go. That's going to be important for where we're headed. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, we, uh, so we being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having, them, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So I've got grace. I've got grace. Awesome. Find your place, Jake. Where is your word? There we go. Love. Okay. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use our ministering. He who teaches in his teaching, and he who exhorts in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with uh, with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Still going. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another and do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. 
If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all uh, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And then here's where I'm going this morning. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, we made it. You rode the wave with me. So, something very important. We're all pretty familiar with certain portions of this passage and of this scripture. I'm sure in going through it, there's a lot of things like, oh, I know that, I know that, okay? So we're all pretty familiar with that. I don't know about you, I like verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I love that. And I want to look at that this morning. So in order to figure out how, we're going to go back to the beginning of Romans 12. Because this is actually where scripture teaches us how we overcome. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then it talks about not being conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind, right? That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God? So these words... Living sacrifices, transformed, to prove. These are all words that describe an ongoing process. Because that's what Scripture is teaching us how to overcome. It's a daily process. It's a day-by-day thing. Like I said, progress is usually uh, marked by lots of little steps rather than really large leaps. This is talking about that same thing, that it's in the day-to-day. It's in the process. That's how we overcome. Okay. Scripture teaches us in Luke, you don't have to turn there, but Scripture teaches us in Luke 9, 23 through 24, and this is Jesus talking to the crowd. Then he said to the crowd, if you want to follow me, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Jesus, it's interesting In Scripture, when we see him pick up his cross and carry it to Calvary, he hangs on Calvary, dies, raises again, and gives us authority. When Scripture is teaching you to daily pick up your cross and follow God, it's for the fact that you go and and die on the hill of self. You die to self. When I'm daily living for God, I'm dying to self so that God, who God paid for me to be with my life, comes to the surface. These little acts of yielding that we do is letting God chip away at our old nature, our old self, and allowing who he intended us to be to shine through. Are you tracking me? I've met lots of people who can quote scripture. I know people who can quote scripture. Scripture is powerful and it is important and it does not lose its power or its importance. But there's something different about do not be conformed by evil but overcome evil with good. When it's coming out of the mouth of a person who's actually living verses 1 through 20. Living it makes the difference. It makes the biggest difference. Jesus says this in Luke 6, 46 through 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? 
I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to a teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person who built his house and digs deep to lay the foundation on solid rock. Then the floodwaters rise and break against the house, and it stands firm because it was well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And then when the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse. Excuse me, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Right here, he's talking about our lives. And he's teaching us that we, we build who we become one day at a time. So it's important that what we're building is actually what he said to build. Living it makes the difference. And living it well and living it best has to do with two things. A healthy inflow of truth and a healthy output of practicing in our lives. Every time we're learning from the Word of God and there's something that sticks out to us and that convicts us or challenges us, we take it and our learning should always parallel our living. Your life should line up to what it is you're learning. Ministry, very little to do with what you say and it has everything to do with who you are. If you've ever tried sharing the gospel with somebody... That's, that is the, the, the flow of it. They, they've heard all the things all the time, but it's different when there's someone speaking it who's actually living it because then they see the evidence of real. And that's what people are looking for. They want to know what's true. They want to know what's real. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. I want to share with you briefly, I want to share with you some testimonies. Part of talking about what it looks like in the day-to-day, and I just kind of want to share with you some of my testimonies in living this with the Lord. Um, So I'll start with the first one, uh, because again, remember, we're talking about personal growth and development. We're talking about the traction that happens at home. We say yes to God here for something, but the traction comes later on in our day-to-day when we choose it again and again and again. So I want to talk about that yielding, so um, just to kind of give us kind of a grid of what that could look like. A lot of times at the end of the day, once uh, the house has calmed down, all our kids are in bed, getting ready for bed, uh, sometimes I have the opportunity all to start wrapping up the dishes so we have a clean start in the morning. And so um, with lots of little ones, things get really messy really quick, and the dishes somehow just always end up there. So I'm I'm usually doing the dishes, and what I'll do is I'll just start worshiping to God. I'll just start singing like... um, like, uh, you know that song? Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. You know this? I'll start singing that. That's a yield. God says, in everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it as worships. I'm just doing the dishes, but I'm practicing yielding. I'm not complaining. I'm not looking at all the things I have to do. It's the end of my day, so I'm putting my focus on who God is. That's a yield. Uh, there was a time uh, when, um, I forget what it was. If I, if I remembered, I would share it. But there was something I was like, I can't quite get past this hurdle. And I really want to grow past this, God. I really want to learn how to not always get caught up in this one thing. I want to get past it. And I was talking with my wife, and then I headed out to Target uh, to pick up like a drive-up pickup order. And I'm sitting there in my car, and I'm waiting for the order, and I'm talking to God. I said, Lord, I, I really want to grow past this. This is really my heart's desire. And I was sitting there, and this song came out of my mouth, and I just began to sing, um, Teach me, God, teach me, I want to know. 
plant some seeds, God, and help them grow. Teach me, God, teach me. I want to know. Plant some seeds, God, I want to grow. And it just kind of came out. And I remember sitting there in my car, and I'm like, that's my heart, God. I want to grow. That's a yield. There's nobody around. My wife and kids aren't there. It's for nobody. It's for me and God. That's a yield. I'm saying, God, genuinely, help me get over this. And so that's what it can look like. Drive up pickup orders. Okay. <laughs> God will find you anywhere you give him an address. Anywhere. Okay. So let's say, okay, I want to share this too. So there was a time years and years back when I, um, I had a dream. I went to bed, and that's, that's a way that God speaks to me is through dreams. And I remember I had this dream, and in the dream, I was walking through my house, and I saw myself asleep, and I walked into a room, and there's this young guy, this kid. And he says to me, he said, hey, in three years' time, you'll pay the consequences for what you don't do right in life right now. Right? What a dream. And I woke up going, <laughs> what's all that about? And so we do what scripture tells us to do. We test everything. We don't just get something and we don't run with it. We actually submit ourselves under authority, godly counsel, and we discern. We learn how to interpret what it is God's saying to us. That's what's called stewarding a word. That's what's called being obedient with what God gives you. So I took it to, I remember I chatted with Sandy. I said, Sandy, I had this dream and I don't quite know what it means, but it just, it feels like it could be God. And I remember she told me, she says, well, it just sounds like God's asking you to be diligent with the next three years of your life. So what you do and choose to do, make sure it's unto the Lord. I said, great, that resonates with me. I'm feeling that. that. That's God. Okay. Later on in that same year, I was having quiet time with God in my room on my bed. Uh, the kids were asleep. And I remember I was talking to God. And in my quiet time, just time of prayer, I had a vision. And a person walked up to me and they said, hey, Jake. God's working on your heart. There's some heart issues, and God's going to be changing the desires of your heart. And some other things, a story for another time. But I remember coming out of that time, and I said, okay, so what do I do with this, God? Because I don't quite know what it means. Like, I'm doing some basic, you know, interpretation. God, is there anything in my life where I'm, just, I'm not walking with you right now, or I'm not doing something? Like, just making sure, um, like uh, Alice had shared, you just check your heart. God, is there anything in here I need to repent of? Right? Some basic responsibility. And um, I'm like, no, there's nothing there. So again, I take it before um, I brought it to some members of our team. And I said, hey, this is what God's speaking to me. Um, what do I do with that? And I remember Sandy had given me some interpretation. And she said, well, where do you find God the most? Like, your heart is stirred up for God. Where do you find that the most? I said, well, in worship. And I find it a lot in reading the word. That's when I feel closest to God. And she said, okay, why don't you just chase after that and just see what God does? And so I said, okay, God, I'll do that. So I said, okay. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to do that. Now that I have some clarity on what to do with this, how to run with this. And so I began, because it was within the same, I don't remember how far it was apart that I had those two encounters with God. But I said, okay, God, I'm going to take this. It's not going opposite of what any of your word teaches and it's in line with what I, what I believe your word says. So let's just run with this. So for the next three years, I, any desire that came up, um, anything I'd be doing that I would enjoy doing, it was a reminder to me that God wants those things. So I just say, simple as this, God, I love doing this, but I really do love you more. So God, would you take the desires of my heart and pull them into alignment with your plans and purposes for my life? That was the overarching goal, my overarching responsibility of stewarding a word that God gave me. Um, 
Shortly after I had those two encounters, within that, uh, the first four to five months, I said this, okay, God's giving me something to run with. I'm going to run with it. So for four to five months, I cut out anything that wasn't worship. If it, if it, any, anything I was listening to, the only thing that had my ear was worship. That's all I would listen to, worship music and me in God's presence. And in that four to five months, I read this thing front to back. I was like, I want this in my life, and I want all of it. So I took notes as I went through it, and I just, just, it was just so good for me, and it was a really good, a really intense time with God that really did shape who I was starting to become. Okay, after those four to five months, I realized two things. You can't live in a high, and you can't stay stuck in a low. There's these really incredible times with, right? Can't. Uh, there's these really incredible times with God, and it's for the purpose of getting you through the in-betweens. So I said, okay, I'm going to take everything I've learned, and I'm just going to run with this. So I did. I just started choosing more and more of what God had for my life. Any desire that would come in, I would submit it to that. God, pull, pull my life into alignment with your will. Pull my life in line with your will. Okay. And then throughout, the, throughout those three years, God would put desires in my heart, and I would steward it. I'd run with it. There was things God had started to show me, hey, you were created for this. Hey, you can do this. And so I was like, well, I don't have a lot of free time. Um, I have two jobs. I have a family. I can't take night classes. I can't do things like that. Brief excerpt. One time I was in this like uh, restaurant. This is pearls of wisdom right here. One time I was in this restaurant and I had finished my dinner and they had unlimited shakes. I love shakes. And so they had bottomless shakes. So I told the guy, I said, when I'm done, I, wanna, I want to do the bottomless shakes. He says, are you sure? And I said, yeah. So at the end of the meal, he brought me the, the, the shakes. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, the food, um, the food didn't quite fill me up. I've got some space. And he dropped this little pearl of wisdom that I've never forgotten. Um, he said this. He's like, I know why. I said, why? He goes, the food fills you up, but the shakes fill you in. Okay, back into my story. You're responsible for your day. You've got a family. You've got a job. There's things you're responsible for to show up in and be Jesus. But you also know where there's gaps in your day where you can give it to God. You know where the pockets are. So what I would do is I'm like, okay, I can't take this class. I ordered the curriculum, and I would sit in my car on my lunch breaks with my, like, Pizza Hut pepper flake packet as my bookmark, and I would just go through it. I'm like, I'm learning on my lunch breaks. I'm doing this. I'm going to go and give God wherever I can meet you, wherever I can meet you halfway. This is where I'm just going to, I'm just going to try. This is a huge, just I'm exploring what it looks like to live the life you asked me after all that you asked me to live. Okay. So something happened at the end of three years completion of that, where I just got in the habit of doing it. Something really unique happened. I'm sitting at the studio. I'm working at my desk. I submit my, my designs for the day or for the morning, and I sit back in my chair. No chair up here. Okay, I'm like, don't fall, Jake. Uh, I sit back in my chair, and I have this thought, and it runs through my head and comes right out my mouth. And as I'm sitting in my chair, I think this. You know what? I could see myself teaching one day like a pastor. I could see myself on stage being like a pastor. And no sooner did it come out of me, I sat up in my chair, and I was like, what the what? <laughs> Because here's what you don't know. In high school, someone approached me and said they saw that on my life. And I said, I don't see it. Um, and they approached two, two people, myself and one other person. And so I just figured they got the wrong person. Then later on in my adult life, uh, Ryan approached me about it. And I said, no, second time. And then later on, he approached me again. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure nothing's changed. 
There was three times that I already said no to that in my life. But what was happening over those three years as God was, he was taking my moments of yielding in the day to day to day to day and he was creating in me a heart that had a value for what I was created to do. And in that moment, I knew something was growing. Then it came from God. I'm like, Jehovah Sneaky came in here and put something in the dirt. Um, but here's the thing, and I'll share with you now. I would have never touched this with a 10, 20, 30, 40 foot pole. I would have never touched this in my life. But in doing it, I come alive. And it makes me so fulfilled. I never would have touched this if it wasn't for God. But I discovered what happens when I give my life daily to God, when I yield to Him. He actually leads me in the way I was born to go. And I find myself doing things I never would have touched. But in doing them, I'm like, this is so cool. This is a lot of fun. Okay. Another interesting thing that happens that I'll share too is this. We've been involved, my wife and I have been involved in various forms of leadership at this church throughout the years. Um, so we've been a part of a lot of things. And so there was a moment years ago when I was sitting at my desk and I was doing some work and I paused what I was doing and I told God, I said, God, you know, what I'm currently doing for you, I'll be honest, it's just a moment of just candor. Is that the right word, candor? Just being completely honest? Yeah. Cool, we're going to run with it. And so it was that kind of a moment. And I told God, I said, God, I'll be honest. What I'm doing for you right now, I've never had a passion for. I've never had a heart for. I'm doing it because you asked me to. And in that moment, God said to me, Jake, if I can use you where you don't have a heart, I can use you anywhere. And the moment he told me that, my spirit leaped. And then I realized that's a huge part of who I am. Jesus had an audience from the least to the greatest, and he loved all of them. And that was, I realized that was in me. That was in my heart. Yes, God, that is my heart. Use me anywhere. Okay, let's keep going. Something interested about, interesting about King David, something I find really interesting, when he was younger, the slain the Goliath period, it's interesting that at a time when they needed an army, this kid stands up and takes what God's been developing in the, in the shadows in his life, in his day to day to day to day to day. He shows up and God used him. It was a time when they, appearing, they needed an army, but God brought up this kid. I always found that interesting because if you look later on down the line in David's life, we run into the mighty men, an army that kind of comes around David of whom he isn't even the greatest. Some of those guys are real like muscle. This is pretty amazing. There's something interesting that when someone steps into the role, remember all that yielding? God's leading us to what we were created to do. When someone steps into their role, it actually does something for their community. It causes people to rise up and do the same. They go, if that person can do it, I can do it too. There's something really powerful about David's life in that when he stepped into what God said to do, it, it caused the community, it caused the people around him to step into their roles. When you and I step into what God created us to do, look around you. It encourages everybody else to do the same. After all, God is looking for a body, not fragments. Okay, 
Let's keep going. Can we keep going? Can I keep going? You keep going? Okay, let's go. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading something else really important from Romans 12 where we started. And that is verse 9. I'll read it to you. You don't have to turn there. Or you can. Um, Let your love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another. That's verse 10, Jake. You went over. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. I want to talk about this for a second, too, because we talked about the renewed mind, and we talked about how important the heart is, and I'm doubling back to that right now. A person who has love with hypocrisy has two things going on. What's coming out of their mouth and what's actually hidden in their heart. If I say I love you and I don't mean it, what's hidden in my heart is contradicting what's coming out of my mouth. So what's the end result? Merely words. A person who loves Without hypocrisy, that's the first time someone who has hypocrisy. Now, someone who does not have hypocrisy, the love is talking about here, they have one thing going on. What comes out of their mouth lines up with what, came, what was in their heart. This is why scripture teaches it's so important that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's the point? The point is source matters. Source really matters. John 7, 37-39 says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who thirsts may come unto me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, Rivers of living water will flow from their heart. And did you know he's also speaking about the Holy Spirit here? It says, He is speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. That's us. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into glory. Your life is meant to be refreshing to your community. Out of your mouth should flow rivers of living water. You should be cultivating a heart void of hypocrisy, a heart that is in alignment with God's desires. Okay, nobody gets it all. This is something we grow in. This is something we get more of. And it happens in our day-to-day opportunities. All right. Since we're talking about yielding to God daily, it's important we cover the topic of trust because this is huge. At some point in each of our lives, there's a big moment where we trusted God big for something. We believed big for something. We went after something big, and it didn't happen. And in that moment, I found myself here too going, well, that didn't go how I planned, God. Where am I supposed to go now? What am I supposed to do now? These moments are really powerful because they will shape how you trust God, how much you're willing to trust God from then on out. Scripture teaches us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and you probably know this, so if you do, don't make me read it alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, come on, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Did you get that? All of your heart, all of your ways. Our trust in God should be an all-in deal. This is something cool that happens when we do that. When we put our trust, our hope, our faith, when we put that in God and we leave it there, it's powerful because it opens the door for refinement. Here's what I mean by that. I entrust something to God. It's like salvation. You got saved, you gave your life to Christ. Leave it there. You put your trust in God, leave it there. 
I put it in God, but I still have all the emotions, the thoughts, the fears. I still have everything that surrounds what I just put in God. This is when we open ourselves up to refinement. When those things come to the surface, God works away at them a little bit at a time so that the next time you trust sooner. So the next time you trust for greater. You grow. God won't refine what you don't give him to consume. And that's, that's just how he does it. Okay. There's something powerful about keeping your faith in the fight. Regardless of the outcome, there's something powerful about a life that chooses to still trust in the Lord regardless. Why? Because you're creating a place where the scripture teaches something can become steadfast, unwavering, unyielding, unstoppable. You are creating a heart in you that believes for the impossible. That is the heart God is wanting to partner with to do the impossible. And he does it through his spirit in you. Our portion is getting ourselves put together, meaning this. I set my sights on things above. I place my mind where scripture says to. I have a filter. Not everyone, not everything gets to speak into my life and have authority. God does. I want to speak to something really quick, and it's this. Did you know the fear of man can actually be an idol in your life? When you worry more about what someone else thinks of you and it actually controls how you behave, you've swapped out a king for an idol. And that's hazardous for your life. God doesn't share the throne at all. So it's important that when we give our life to Christ, we leave it there. It's important that we give our trust to God. We leave it there. So living it makes a difference. Source makes a difference. Continuing to trust makes a difference. This is how we overcome. This is how we grow. And this is the power of yielding to God. Would you guys just stand with me as we close this out? Nick, worship team, if you want to come up. All right. While they're getting situated, if you agree what I'm about to if you agree with what I'm about to say, can you just repeat it after me so the whole room here? I choose to yield. I choose to yield. I choose to trust. I choose to trust. I choose to walk in all that you have for my life, Lord. Okay, I'm going to pray for you guys. And if you agree, just receive it. God, would you give us a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, empowering us for all that we have chosen to do. And if you agree with that, just say, I receive that for me and my household. I receive that for me and my household. Amen, amen. amen.